Yesterday we discussed the justification of non-competes based on the chubas of the Dibriya Ga'inim, where he argues that a non-compete, first of all, builds on a span of time, that in the beginning the, the employer, employee learns the skills of the employer, and the employer counts on the employee remaining till the end of the agreed-upon period, and that's going to hurt the employer if he backs out. And another argument was based on the, also the Debrigainim in Isaiah, that, that we view an employer and employee agreement when it comes to non-compete, where you're teaching, where teaching each other skills and one of them expects the other one to work for them, in that, build into that company as a partnership more than an, empo- an employment agreement. And he argues that that would not allow the worker to back out. That does not have the justification of avadei heim avadim avadim, which allows a pile to renege to back out because here we look at both of them like an adain, both of them like a master, so then it means neither one is more of a master than the other. So we don't view that as slavery of any sort. And therefore neither one can back out. The Chesem Seifer in Chelek Beis in Yeridei Tshuva Tess the Chesem Seifer is discussing a similar shayla between two shaykhtim. There was a shaykh at Reb Chaim, who was apprenticing a shaykh at Reb Doiv, and Reb Doiv, in the middle of the apprenticeship, left to open his own shechita. Now the language of the non-compete is quoted at length in the beginning of the Tshuva Chesem Seifer over here. We'll just read a few words of it. To be a proof, who taught this Rabdaiv, I'm not going to open my own company, even with another Shaykhet, etc., etc., etc. Now, towards the bottom, he writes, around five lines from the bottom, actually seven lines. If I transgress and I open my own company, all my shechita should be considered like chazer and avela. Very fascinating um, penalty to to write in a non-compete. But that's what it says. I'm not sure exactly what validity this would have. But the And I should be considered someone who transgresses a shvua. I'm sorry for right off the bat in the second column justifies the non-compete for a simple reason. I already wrote to you, even if there was no Shavuah involved, a person who agrees to this non-compete is required to keep the non-compete, because he only gave him his smicha on condition that he's going to work for him. So the work is actually a payment to receive the smicha. And if you don't do the work for him, if Reb Doiv is not going to work for Reb Chaim, he's going to be considered being over, be transgressing, withholding, sorry, withholding the schar of Ani and Evyon, and not paying a salary. 
Right, like we spoke about many times, the Kaiver Schar Sacher is Mamashikanev. Shazel Mikhlaus Sarpu Wasin, when you don't pay when you don't pay what you have to pay, that's considered Gneva. And over here the payment for this Mikha is to continue working in his factory as a Shaykh for him. Now I'm sure that he, he probably paid him also, but we're talking about that Rabdoiv is working now for Rabchaim, and that's the payment for this Mikhla Rabchaim gave him. Besides for the salary that Rabdoiv probably was receiving as a Shaykh. Anyway, so the bottom line is I'm sorry for telling us is that if you're not going to enforce this non-compete, it comes out that Reb Doiv is not paying for the smich that he received, and he's considered being oishik shchar socher, he's withholding the due payment of Reb Chaim. So here we have another reason, we have a third reason why a non-compete should be um, actionable, because since Lamaisa, the non-compete, can be viewed as a kind of payment for the teacher for learning the skills, he's expected to work in the company as a payment for working the skills, even though it's not formulated as a payment, but nonetheless, it is a payment. So Sam Cypher says that teaching a trade to somebody requires that that person pays him back in some kind of form, and the form of payment is working in the company, continuing to work in the company for the person. Now, we mentioned earlier that there's a justification of the Divrigainim. The Divrigainim brings an Isaiah that a person has a status of a partner with an employee. And we said, we discussed the Sma, we discussed the logic that one is not allowed to back out on the other when we have partners. We're going to go back and look at that right now again. If that discussion here is, it goes as follows. And it's based on the... Let's back, let's back up a little bit and discuss another justification for um, not allowing to back out. Now, don't forget, a non-compete usually has a time. There's a time, a certain length of time that the people are not allowed to compete with each other. Obviously, uh, it's understood that you can't tell a person he never could open a business on his own. But there's a certain amount of time, five years, three years, so till the end of that period, what status do they have? Now we're saying now that could be they're looked at as partners. Now where's, how do partners fit into the Shiloh of backing out? So let's examine the Shulchan Aruch and Simon Kofayim Vav in the words of the smile over there. The Shulchan Aruch and Kofayim Vav, Sif Tazvav writes, HaShutvim Shehisnu Beinem Sheyamdu B'Shutv Siman Kotsuv Two partners that agree with each other that they're going to remain in the partnership for a certain amount of time. Call Either one is allowed to prevent the other from backing out on, each, on the on the shutvas. None of them are allowed to dissolve the partnership until the time until the agreed upon time for the shutvas to end or until there is no capital left in the partnership to invest anymore, and assuming no other conditions exist, the partnership dissolved in and of itself, on its own. The SMA in Sivkotnam and Dalit explains why can't partners dissolve a partnership in the middle of the time. Says the SMA, Feini a partner is not like a worker 
that has a dispensation that he's able to back out in the middle of a job. If you remember the discussion in Hilchus Pailim, the halacha is that a, a salaried worker, according to the Shach and Shilam and Gimel, even if a, a contracted worker, or even with a Kenyan, has the right to quit a job at any time, unless it's going to cause a loss to the owner. But assuming there is no loss involved, he has a right to quit because of a concept known as avadahem v'le'avadim la'avadim. A person is not considered, um, is not allowed to be a slave to, to work for somebody else. He's not allowed to be locked into an agreement against his will. And keeping a person locked into a contract is a form of slavery. Now, this does not apply to a cobbler, to a contractor that's at liberty to work whenever he wants. This applies to a person who's forced to work certain hours. In other words, contractually, he's required to work certain hours. A day laborer is usually considered a pile because he's working from 9 to 5. He ha- he's hired by hour. He's paid per hour. So he can't do it. He has no other choice. He has no flexibility. Therefore, it's looked at as a kind of slavery. And since he's stuck involuntarily in this slavery, he has the right to renege, to back out. Says the Sma that the tour is telling us that this is not the case when it comes to partners. And by extension, this is not the case when it comes to non-compete kind of arrangements where where someone learns to trade from the uh, from the employer. The because when one person is working for the other person, you have the master and you have the slave, you have the employer, you have the employee. It's clear who's the Adain and who is the Ever. Hashem is the only Adain. So you have to allow a person to back out. But when you have two workers that are working together and they're involved in the business together and they do everything together, the ain't shame echad al shalom echad mehem, neither one can be considered a slave to the other one. Everyone agrees that they're not allowed to renege, they're not allowed to back out. Unlike the sheet of the Bishyotza. So here we have the Sma explaining the sheet of the Mechaber that a person who is working as a partner together with someone else, partners are not allowed to dissolve the Shutzvah because they are viewed as equal level partners. They're not viewed as, as an employer and employee. We don't view a partnership in the same way we view employer and employee relations. Therefore, the employee, therefore the partner, I'm sorry, has the right to back out, unlike the employee who does, I'm sorry, does not have the right to back out, unlike the employee who does have the right to back out, because that would be slavery. But the partnership, which they're equal to each other, since they're equal to each other, and no one's looked at as an other more than the other, we cannot consider that a slavery arrangement, and we don't allow them to back out. So here we have a better understanding of why a non-compete would be binding, because since the time agreed upon was, let's say, three years until the end of the non-compete, and during those three years, they're both working for each other in a certain way. The employee is working for the company, not only simply as an employee, but also as someone who's, who's contributing his skills that he's learning 
back to the company in, in a bigger way than a regular employee would be, and he's gaining from that agreement. Therefore, he could be uh, held accountable and not be allowed to back out on the agreement. So, again, to recap, we so far have three reasons why he should not be allowed to back out. One is the reason of the first swar of the Divrigo item. First swar of the Divrigo item is the reason which the time, usually the end of the, of the period, is usually the time where the value is, is uh, recouped from the, the employee. The employer recoups his investment from the beginning. When, when the employee finally knows um, the skill and he's sort of paying back or, he's, or the salary is, being, is including that time in, in an average kind of way, so he can't quit on that. The second reason is the reason of the Dibbergainim and Isaiah, which we just now discussed a little more, that we view it as a partnership, and partnerships are bound by time. Neither partner is allowed to back out before the time is up. And the third reason, a very strong reason presented by the Chafetz Cipher, the very strong reason presented by the Chafetz Cipher is that when um, a, a person apprentices someone, their the schar the payment for that apprenticeship is the fact that he continues working for the employer that apprenticed him, and he's paying back for that by providing this work. And if he's going to back out on that, if he's going to back out on that, it's actually as if he caused a loss. He's withholding the payment that the employer is due from the employee.